How much should the city and taxpayers support migrants? Well, that's a question that's led to huge divisions among residents and elected leaders. It's even in part led to a shakeup of power at city council. Here's the backstory. Some alders have pushed for voters to weigh in on keeping Chicago's status as a sanctuary city. Other alders tried to prevent that from happening including former floor leader Carlos Ramirez Rosa. He was accused of bullying a member of the Black Caucus and blocking her from entering the chamber. He apologized and later resigned from his powerful post, but his peers still called for a vote to censure him for his actions. Heather Sharon, politics reporter for WTTW, has an update for us. Welcome back, Heather. Hi, Tasha. So what was the scene at City Hall yesterday? Sounds like it was tense. It was tense and really unprecedented. As best I can tell, the last time the city council even attempted to censure a member was back in 1904. And that includes all of the era of council wars where we had aldermen standing on desks and we had blatant racist statements made on the floor. It was truly one for the history books, although in the end, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa was not censured, basically thanks to two people, Mayor Brandon Johnson, who broke a 24-24 tie, mm -hmm. and Alderman Emma Mitz, who is she, the one who said that she felt threatened and racially oppressed when... Ramirez Rosa tried to stop her from entering the council chambers to have that debate over whether voters should be asked whether Chicago should remain a sanctuary city. Interesting. So it got to a tie, meaning quite a few people wanted this to happen. Right. Um, there was a real sense that not only did Ramirez Rosa threaten Alderman Mitz, who is 68 years old. She's been on the city council since 2000. She's the longest serving black woman on the city council and is really beloved by uh, her fellow members. But that he also threatened several other members of the city council. They said that if they attended the meeting and sort of participated in the debate as zoning chair, he would block consideration of anything that they favored in their wards. And that combined really made it impossible for Ramirez Rosa to stay as Mayor Johnson's floor leader and his zoning committee chair. So for only six months was Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa the most powerful older person at City Hall. Now he has been really publicly disgraced, uh, even though he says that the charges were overstated that he did not mean to threaten anybody's projects going through the zoning mm -hmm. committee, but he understands why it was interpreted that way. And he really blames Alderman Raymond Lopez, a longtime opponent, for lying about what happened between him and Alderman Metz, saying that he never attacked her or sort of, you know, uh, assaulted her, which was definitely what Alderman Lopez was saying. And we have now seen video from mm -hmm. CBS2 that makes it clear that while he stepped in front of her as she tried to enter the chamber, he never sort of assaulted her or attacked her. So I'm hearing there was uh, a conversation yesterday and, and possibly a hug between 35th Ward Alderman Ramirez Rosa and 37th Ward Alderman Emma Mitz. Yes. Was there a resolution? You know, I think it, I think perhaps 
perhaps there, we could say there was the start of a resolution. Uh, so it's very rare for older people to use time during city council meetings to speak about issues that aren't on the agenda. And both Alderman Mitz and Alderman Ramirez-Rosa did that. Alderman Mitz gave a really sort of emotional and impassioned description about how she was left shaking after her interaction with Ramirez-Rosa, and she felt like she was back in the South. You know, she grew up in Arkansas during the era of Jim Crow, where black people were really sort of preventing from interacting with white people in any sort of professional way or on an equal basis. And I think that statement took a lot of older people's breaths away. Mm. And when Ramirez-Rosa spoke, he also said that he, he said he was sorry that he had let the emotions of the day get the better of him and that he had clearly overreacted. But the, the issue here really isn't sort of one person or another person against another person. It, this was an, really sort of a, an example of the widening breach between black Chicagoans and Latino Chicagoans. And all of that has been exacerbated by the continuing debate over how, how much and whether Chicago should care from the now nearly tw- more than 20,000 migrants that crossed the southern border and right. made their way to Chicago. Yeah, that's that's the heart of this, right? Is right. is that discussion. So just bring us up to speed on that part. What has Ninth Ward Alderman Anthony Beale been calling for then? Well, it's a little bit complicated because Alderman Anthony Beale has long been an opponent of programs and efforts by the city of Chicago to protect and care for undocumented immigrants. And that is really the heart of the city's sanctuary city ordinance or welcoming city ordinance, which has been in effect in one form or another since the days of Mayor Harold Washington, so nearly 40 years. Uh, Alderman Beale wants voters in March to vote on whether Chicago should remain a sanctuary city. The issue here is is that the sanctuary city ordinance only protects undocumented immigrants from being deported or it prevents city officials, including the police, for sort of helping federal immigration agents um, either detain them or deport them. So in some ways, this debate, for me personally, has been frustrating as a reporter because we are talking about apples and oranges here because Mm. all of the migrants here in Chicago, sleeping outside police stations, sleeping at O'Hare, are in the country legally after requesting asylum and being allowed into the country. That's right. So even if this question goes to voters in March and voters say that they want to repeal the sanctuary city ordinance, it's it's a non-binding ballot question. It does not have the force of law, but it also will not affect how the city cares for the migrants. However, it would be a symbolic message that Chicago is no longer a place that um, is a home to immigrants, and specifically Latino immigrants fleeing sort of economic collapse and political instability in South and Central America, which is why you have so many strong feelings on both sides of the issues, especially in the black community, where many people have lived in neighborhoods that have been sort of really bereft of public investment for decades and have been subjected to high crime rates, significant amounts of violence, and really no effort to help sort of alleviate those conditions. 
And it's very frustrating for them to see the city sort of mobilize, as, as Mayor Johnson has said, the full force of governments to take care of these migrants who, of course, are, aren't Chicagoans, you know, uh, until they sort of, you know, declare that they want to be Chicagoans. Right. So it's a very complicated, it is complicated. issue. Yeah. So, Heather, yesterday, Mayor Johnson's allies, they put forth a different proposal. Fill us in on those details. Well, there is a sense that there is really a desire to have voters weigh in on this issue, which has really sort of sucked up all the political oxygen in the city for the last six months. And what Johnson and his allies are trying to do is to figure out a way to put that to voters that does not sort of, you know, address whether Chicago should remain a sanctuary city or not, because, again, that's that's sort of not the issue here. So they proposed sort of a revised measure that would simply ask, you know, voters, do you think Chicago should continue to care for the migrants and to what level should it be? Should there be funding caps or shelter occupancy time limits? And, you know, essentially, should the city act to prevent a, quote, negative impact mm. on current residents. And, so, and, and just in the actual quote here, Heather, it says, should the city of Chicago impose reasonable limits on the city's providing resources for migrant sheltering, et cetera? Any indication on what reasonable would be? No. So that is, of course, one of those wonderful political terms that is can mean everything and nothing depending on where you're sitting and what your perspective is. So um, this this question is hotly opposed by immigrant rights advocates who would essentially who say that it will essentially sort of open the door to um, you know open discrimination against migrants and it would do nothing to resolve the central question which is does Chicago have an obligation does its taxpayers have an obligation to help these people who and I guess I should remind folks are being sent here in large part by Texas Governor Greg Abbott in an attempt to hurt the re-election chances of President Joe Biden, simply almost entirely because Illinois has a Democratic governor and Chicago has a, a very progressive Democratic mayor. And um, that is sort of another layer to mm -hmm. this, that in a real way, you know, the people that we see every day sleeping outside police stations are being sort of used in this larger national political debate that Chicago has found itself at the center of. Right. And now Alderman Beale is, of course, saying, you know, Chicagoans haven't had a voice in the process so far uh, of providing support for migrants. So would this measure provide that voice? Is that the so idea? He doesn't think so. He wants, as he said yesterday, a clean up or down, yes or no, should Chicago remain a sanctuary city uh, or not. And, um, you know, so if this was an attempt at compromise to sort of get the question of sanctuary city status sort of out of the spotlight because it's not relevant here, it, it failed. Mm. And it's clear that the folks who want the voters to weigh in on this want that sanctuary city phrase to be in that ballot question because it has become a lightning rod, largely because of former President Donald Trump, who all the way back in 2017 took the city to court and said that if you do not repeal your welcoming city ordinance or the sanctuary city ordinance, we will pull federal 
um, public safety grants from the city. And eventually that failed. But this is not the first time the Chicago sanctuary city status has made it a lightning rod for Republican politicians that are seeking to point out that, you know, Chicago as a city and Democrats in general are only sort of in favor of immigrants if they are not up close and personal with immigrants. And so this would allow the Chicago to be painted as a hypocrite, and that would be very damaging both to Brandon Johnson and Governor J.B. Pritzker, who is taking on a significantly higher role nearly every day in the national political discourse. Yeah, for so, sure. There well, is no clear compromise here. Yeah, this is this is a lot. Uh, well, give us the next step then for it to get out of the rules committee before I let you go. Well, the, this debate started yesterday at a rules committee meeting that had to be adjourned because the public was completely out of control, hurling racist invective at members of the city council and other people in the gallery. So that forced Alderman Michelle Harris to just shut the meeting down. They will come back and try it again at noon on November 16th, where they have two slots to fill on the March ballot with non-binding advisory referendum. And one of them could be a question about the migrant crisis or the sanctuary city crisis or really um, anything that could get 26 votes by the city council. We'll leave it there for now. That's Heather Sharon, WTTW politics reporter. Thanks so much for the update, Heather. Thanks, Sasha.